Welcome to How I Got Here with me, Drina Whitfield, the podcast diving deep into the inspiring journeys of remarkable women on their path to success. Here with me today, I have the visionary force behind Omniwar, a platform redefining wellness and community for black women and women of color. Christina Rice, I'm so thrilled to have you. So Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. As I shared, like I've been a follower of your brand since Lux Life Media when you were like a dope behind publicist. It's when I started my company and I was like, yo, she's somebody that I need to like kind of follow and see how she's doing things. Cause I started my company like not knowing anything about PR or even running a business. And so I just want to tell you like, you were someone that I definitely aspired to when I started my company. And so just to see you transition from PR into now Omnoir, I was just very excited to talk to you. Thank so you. thank you so much for joining me thank today. You. I'm getting like emotional, oh like just thinking God. about it because I was like I was telling, I started my company with nothing, yeah. Yeah. and like so I didn't see that many black women killing it or like just out on their own. And then I saw you, and you had dope clients, dope brands that you were working with. And I was like, how do I, how do I do that? Yeah. And so oh my gosh. thank yeah. you. Just heard and felt. I'm always surprised. Like I said, you know, as somebody who has spent most of my career behind the scenes and kind of just do the work that I'm called to do and, you know, step away from that world. Like whenever someone says, you know, I admire you or I aspire to be you, I'm like, what? Like I was just <laughs> doing the work, you know what yeah. I mean? But um, I'm grateful and humbled for that. Thank Aww, you. Of course. So I'm gonna take it all the way back to when you were in high school. So when you were graduating high school, and I do this because I like to see if like what you wrote back then kind of helped guide your path to where you are today. Mm -hmm. When you were graduating high school, what did you write in your yearbook when it said Christina will be XYZ in 10 years? Well, I think at the time at graduation, I wanted to be an attorney. Mm -hmm. And then I got to college and that completely shifted where it was like, I don't even know what I want to do. But I decided to study um, business information systems, which is, I'm aging myself, but it's technology today. So it was like building, say, a reservation system for a hotel, right? Um, so it was coding, right? And then um, my minor was com computer science. And I was wow. never like a techie person, so I have no idea <laughs> where that came from. I think once I got into the the, the business information systems and it was like okay i need more education on like coding and again computer science so that was that was it and then graduation from college and i was on the dean's list um i, I had different offers but it was another thing like i don't think this is for me and it was then and i'm 20 years old so i graduated a little younger but i was like I don't think I ever want to work for someone. Mm. So I knew that back then. But I also come from a family of entrepreneurs. So my uncle on my dad's side, he um, was a McDonald's owner operator. operator. Oh, I wow. think that they had probably about 16 to 18 stores at one time. Wow. Uh, my grandparents, uh, they were into real estate, so they had multiple properties. So I just came from a family of entrepreneurs and I think that was just like in my bloodline. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow, so talk to me about how you landed with Lux Life Media. Well, we had to go back because 
uh, after graduation, I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. I know I don't want to work for someone. Um, it was probably about six months after graduation. I had a little bit of money, you know what I mean, like savings. So I wasn't like, I have to get a job right now. And, um, and I woke up one day and I said, I'm going to open up a clothing store. And I had no idea like where to start, what to do. And of course I had like people, including parents and like, um, you know, other, just other people that were like, you never worked in retail. Like you never had a business. <laughs> and I was like, I'll figure it out. Like I'm, I'm a figure it out kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember, you know, I'm 21 at, at this time. And I just was at Barnes and Noble for like eight hours a day. And I was just reading about, you know, opening up a clothing store. I started re researching like, you know, where to buy, you know, my, my inventory, all that wow. stuff. And I did, it. I think probably about eight months after that decision, I was like, I'm ready. And I found a space. I opened up probably like three months later and it was a small store. I mean, it might have been maybe like these two rooms combined behind us. And um, after a year, I moved to like a 5,000 square foot store. What? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I was the, the only black woman that owned the store in Nashville at the time. I may oh have been the God. first, to be honest. May have been the first. I was right across from Vanderbilt, which is a very, you know, wealthy, mm -hmm. you know, trust fund baby school. Uh, and I was in the heart of Nashville, like in one of their more expensive neighborhoods. And, you know, Natalie Cole used to come in there and shop, like rest in peace. Oh my God. Um, a lot of the Titans wives would come in and shop. And so going back to that, like four and a half years in, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm a very definitive person. So mm -hmm. like, once I make a decision, that's it. And I just, I was burnt out. I was, you know, now I'm like 25 and maybe going into 26 and I was just like, I don't wanna spend my life in Nashville um, and I don't know what's next, but I was just ready to go. And so I so actually sold everything in my store, like the, um, the, the furniture, the racks to a Titan's wife. Oh wow. And she wanted to open up a boutique. So I was like, take it all. And I packed up and I moved to New Jersey and that's when I started my PR career. And this was like 26. Wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you come to Jersey, because you know, that's where I'm from. Yes. Yes. Um, and you just hustled to find a PR gig, or did you already have something lined up when you? I had nothing lined up. I, um, I have friends who were in the music business, okay. and they had a recording artist. She was actually a black country artist, okay. young. She was probably 19 or 20 at the time. And they were like, you know, just come help us. Again, I had like savings from the store, mm -hmm. from selling inventory and just over the years. And so I wasn't like in a rush to get a job job. And um, it was just like one day just working with them. I think she had a show um, and I was helping with like some marketing strategy and stuff like that, which I didn't even know what that was at the time. I was gonna time. say, did you? It was just like, how do we get her name out uh -huh. there? So we were just like brainstorming. And one of them was like, you would be a good publicist. And I was like, I have no idea what that is, <laughs> but let me research it. I'd even tried to find a job at um, some of the showrooms that I ordered clothes from. And they were like, 
you don't have any experience. I'm like, I owned an entire store. So I can sell, I can merchandise. And so I end up having to do like an internship with Frankie B. Mm. Do you remember Frankie mm -hmm. B jeans? Okay, <laughs> they were huge back then. Um, but at the time, again, when my, when my friend was God like publicist, yes, thank God. Um, when she was like, you would be a great publicist. I, I just was like, let me research what that is. And I Googled it and I was like, I think I can do this. And so I started putting on my resume to just different brands. Um, I, I focus on fashion because that's where I came from. And I got hired my first interview, this French clothing company. Um, they had stores in, in France and, and um, also I wanna say like Japan. I only had one store in New York, but they were um, like two, $3,000 cashmere sweaters and very hip and modern. Like they would have like skulls or like hemp leaves and Puffy was a client and Kamora Lee Simmons and Jennifer Aniston. And so that is what was my pathway into celebrity PR. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so you had, you worked there for a few years. How long did you last? Like seven months or eight <laughs> months there but then I got hired at 5W. Okay, okay. And that's when I started working with celebrity clients like Nick Cannon and mm -hmm. Snoop and uh, Ice, Cube, Ice Cube and um, Nas, Khalees. And then we also produced like big events, Anheuser-Busch, um, also album release parties and stuff like that. How long were you there before you kind of decided to branch out? So, I actually, after 5W, I went in-house to academics. And I was that was like 2008. And so I was there for two years. And then I was planning this big event at Magic. Mm. And I had probably like a $200,000 budget. And I like, it was gonna be grand. I, you know, I had, at the time we were like more focused on like independent artists. So think of like, a Kid Cudi, a, you know, um, there was like Rai Rai. There was a couple other, like they were like these up and, comer, uh, up and coming um, independent artists. And so, you know, I'm booking artists, like I have this master plan and probably about two months before the event, I got laid off. Mm. And at that point I was mm. like, I'm not going back in the house. And I had already had some clients on the side. So DJ Kiz, DJ MLS. And um, I was like, I'm gonna start my own agency. And that was in 2010. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it just grew, it just grew. Um, and I, I started producing um, fashion shows at New York Fashion Week and Super Bowl, um, Grammys, BET Awards. And, um, and then I started um, working with tech clients. Mm -hmm. And that was like one of my favorite parts of my job because I was working with black tech founders at the time. Mm -hmm. All during this time though, were you dreaming up Omnor? Like, no. It wasn't in any of my peripheral. Like I did not see that coming. Because you were killing it. Yeah, it was. But it was around 2015. You know, I was going through a bad breakup. I was burned out. I was just in a bad place. And I was like, I need something whatever it is, like, I don't know if it's therapy, if it's, I don't, I don't know. And I remember having um, dinner with a former assistant. My office was in Manhattan, right in Times Square. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> look! It was in Manhattan, Times Square, and, um, 
and we had dinner and she had lost a ton of weight. She was glowing. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm going to this yoga studio two blocks down the road. And it was literally two blocks from my office. And uh, she was like, I just fell in love with it. And I started going and I fell in love with the two. And, um, and this was like spring of 2015. By the summer, the studio announced they were hosting a yoga teacher training. And I had no desire to teach, but I wanted to just get deeper in my practice. And I just, I love the discipline of having to show up, mm -hmm. you know, and do the work and be intentional about my healing, about my wellness, um, and about get, getting deeper in my practice. And so I signed up and I started, it was a 10 week class. I mean, it was every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday oh, wow. in the fall of 2015. Um, I got my certification December of 2015, and then by the beginning of 2016, that's when the idea of Om Noir came to me. But you were still operating and moving everything along with Lux Life Media. Yes, I, I still was, but I also was like, what's were you next? scaling back on clients? Yeah, but I was just like, no, I was just, just having internal conversations with myself. Mm -hmm. Like, what's next? Like, I just lost the passion for PR. And mm -hmm. I really did not know what else I could do. Cause I'm like, I've been an entrepreneur my whole adult life almost. Yeah. Besides like that, that small window. block of time yeah. I was in house. And I was like, what other skills do I have? And so it was, I think, just kind of being aware of like, kind of like my yoga journey and like, um, you know, not seeing black women in my classes. And as I was like chronicling it on social media, which was at the time, like so unusual as a publicist. Now I'm like yeah. a, a yoga instructor, but I'm still like, you know, getting clients on a cover of magazines. And so I think people are just like intrigued by it. And so a lot of women also in entertainment, black women would come to my classes. Mm. And so it was just like this light bulb moment, like black women need a space, a healing space for us mm -hmm. that is, or, or rather that they are led through their wellness journey by a woman that looks like them, right? Mm -hmm. And we speak a certain language mm -hmm. when we are in rooms and it's only us. And a lot of times, like after classes, black women will come up to me like, thank you for seeing me you know, thank you for creating like the safe space for me. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but I felt comfortable in your class. And so that was a light bulb moment for me. And then I was like, well, let me just like start an Instagram page. That's about like black women and wellness. And a lot of people ask me like, do you know this like black yoga instructor in St. Louis? Or do you know like a Pilates studio in black owned Pilates studio in DC? And I'm like, no, but you know, maybe I could just like, you know, be this resource and start to highlight other yoga instructors and meditation teachers and sound bow healers. And so it really was just supposed to be an Instagram page. And that was 2016. So what was the like moment where you were like, I need to jump into this full time and like really put all of my energy into building this out? Okay, so I started the page in 2016, like spring 2016 by November, um, there was a woman, we had a mutual friend, and she was also getting into the wellness space, and she just came to me. We were introduced by our mutual friend, and so she was like, have you thought about hosting 
a retreat. And I was like, I have, and it's kind of been like circling my orbit for probably about a year, even before, like, even while I was like in my yoga teacher training, but I was like, I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Then I had to do like a self check, like, girl, you produce events for 3000 people. You know what I mean? Like you can produce mm -hmm. a wellness retreat. And so um, she was like, well, I will, I will help you, you know, and let's partner and do it. And so March of 2017, we announced the retreat and um, 53 black women signed up for that retreat. That's Still crazy. to this day, I'd be like, was that a fluke? Like that was like <laughs> massive for a first retreat. Right. And it, it was, so incredible. And after it was in Grenada, November 20 or October 2017. Yes, like, they came to Grenada. So you're talking about, I'm almost on my, like my sixth year anniversary of my first retreat. Next wow. month will be. And um, everybody kept asking like, what's next? And I had no idea, but I was like, I think I have something here. And um, Black Enterprise wrote an article about Om Noir and our retreat. Um, there was another young black woman who I had pitched um, for a client like months before and she was a writer for Forbes and we got that, you know, we got that article, but then I, I spun the block and was like, so this is what I'm working <laughs> on. And she was like, I like it. So then that Forbes article was coming out and I was like, well, I got to do something. I'm telling you, like when she told me the date the article was coming out, I was uh, probably like two days building a website, building my own website just in time for that article to hit and anticipated. I probably put like save and 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 publish about two hours before that oh article my God. hit and that was like December 2017 and then I was like okay well I gotta figure this thing out right and so 2018 I was like I'm gonna host three retreats and um I chose the Poconos, Barbados, and Bali and I put two out at one time, started getting like bookings. Then I put Bali out, started getting bookings. And then I started pitching brands for, for a sponsorship. There was a black woman, she was a VP at Dr. Miracles. And literally we sent the deck. She was like, I'll be in New York in a couple of weeks. Let's have lunch. So I'm at lunch with like this whole presentation. She was like, girl, put that, put that to the side. She was like, I got 25,000 for you. Come on. And and I, like, I was like, what? <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm thinking like, maybe they'll give me like 5,000. Cause we like had yeah. probably like 1500 followers on Instagram. Like we were still a new company. And um, that's at the stage that's at crazy. that point. Yeah, that's at the stage at that moment for me to start transitioning out of PR because I was like, I need to focus on Om Noir full time. I have something here and I'm gonna lean in into it all the way. Yeah. Two, two questions. Um, was that a difficult decision no. for you to do? And like, no. how did your clients handle you? Like saying you're transitioning out of doing PR? Well, at the time I had already like slowly, like I wasn't renewing contracts. Mm -hmm. So I was already down to like, probably like three or four clients. They were all tech clients and it just started like, it was like starting to just phase out. And I think they kind of knew, mm. right? Um, especially like my favorite client, Angela Benton. She was like the, you know, the one, she's huge name in tech. 
Um, and she was the one that like referred me to all these different tech founders. And so she was like a part of like this journey for me um, because we become friends. So I think she knew. And so she wasn't surprised. <laughs> and so funny, I saw her like um, two days ago, I was in Tampa for the weekend. And she lives um, not too far in like another smaller city. And she was like, to this day, I tell people, I, I cannot find another publicist like Christina. Aww. Yeah. So yeah, so I, um, it was around April 2018. I was like, I'm done. And I decided to move to Atlanta and focus on Om Noir full time. And so from April 2018 to November 2018, I was like, we're done. I started transitioning out and I moved here uh, November 2018. What's the meaning behind the name? Um, well, you know, Om is <laughs> the chant and meditation, and Noir is black. It was just that simple. <laughs> it was just that simple. I love it, though. Yeah, and I think there was another name that came to me. It was something with glow in it, and I was like, eh, I don't think that's it. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and I tell, like, founders, too, when you think of a name, it has to, like, have longevity. You know what I mean? It can't be, like, a trendy fr a phrase or anything like that, and Om Noir just felt like a name that even at the time I wasn't thinking about like branching out and like having different, you know, um, revenue streams and like scaling the business. But I was like, this name has to have longevity. It has to be easy to remember, easy to say, you know, all that stuff. So that's it. Mm -hmm. So you moved down to Atlanta, you have the three retreats, like you're planning the three retreats. No, they were that year. Oh, so, so that's they 2018. Were they were, they were May, June, and October. And then you moved down. So yeah. once you execute those three, are you already in planning mode for the next year? Um, or were you like, I'm gonna take a little break? So in September, like right before I moved, um, and I knew at the time, like I didn't have to like plan a retreat for a year. Like I could put one out and it was gonna sell. Cause that's just like what, our community was like responding to at the time. But two months before I moved, I get a, you know, like a, a submission form from the website from um, another black woman who was a VP of, I, I can't remember her exact title. It may have been um, partnerships or some from PepsiCo. And was like, we wanna sponsor your next series of retreats. And so we were in talks from like September to December, mm. but by December and like how much it costs me to move and like, you know, like I'm not bringing in a PR clients and I'm like, I need to like put some retreats out for 2019. Mm. And then PepsiCo, like it was probably like December 10th. They were like, we want to, um, I partnered with you on Tropicana and Quaker Quaker Oats, mm -hmm. and that deal was like one one fifty. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you talking about hard? Like there was no hard decision. No. <laughs> leaving my former yeah, career behind, no. and and I and I just have to pause and say like, when things are in full alignment is not hard. Mm -hmm. Now the work is hard, of course, because you have to build a company and like, there's so many things that, that go into entrepreneurship, but like the pathway to 
building Om Noir and like, um, I love, uh, my girl Lovey says, like, let your helpers find you. Mm. And they've been finding me ever since. Mm -hmm. That's insane. But you know, it speaks to the fact that you are and were filling a void for yes. a specific demographic of mm -hmm. women that needed to feel space, safe going into spaces like uh, yoga, like because mm -hmm. you know, typically that's not where we feel comfortable or whatever. Um, and so that just speaks to like that, but also the fact like of the content you were producing, mm -hmm. the experiences you were providing women, and you've done this. like. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, I like to think like just um, because entrepreneurship is in my bloodline, like I'm always looking at solving a problem mm -hmm. and where to fill a void. And so that's like just been my trajectory, my, my whole adult life. But especially with Om Noir, it's like we're still finding places where we can fill a void mm -hmm. and we can solve a problem. So Om Noir has grown like crazy since 2016. Like, mm -hmm. what would you say has contributed to that growth? That we are in the people business. Mm -hmm. So it's community first and the belief that community care is self-care. Um, I also believe it's because we, I wouldn't say like the only, but I think we were one of the first that redefined what wellness truly means. And for many of us, you know, when we thought about like wellness, it was like yoga and like, you know, meditation and drinking green juice. And like, it was just a, just mm -hmm. a very specific definition. We kind of came in and we're like, you get to define wellness for you, like, mm -hmm. and what that means for you, because it's a very personal journey mm -hmm. for, you know, and, and especially black women are not monolithic yep. and understanding mm -hmm. that white women might be, but we're not, mm -hmm. right? And it was helping like our community, like figure out like what wellness meant for them by introducing them to just different healing modalities at any given time. And I'm always a guinea pig. I could be doing yoni steaming, yoni eggs. <laughs> I could be trying all, you know, Reiki, you know, and I would, even on my personal page, I would just talk about all these different modalities that I was experimenting with. Because again, this was personal for me. So what, what, what you know, speaks wellness to me may not speak to you and that's okay. It could be, yours could be a good book, you know? It could be, um, it could be yoga, it could be meditation, it could be running, it could be cycling, it could be climbing, you know, mountains. It could be any number of things and so, I think for us, we just kind of, we set ourselves apart to say like, there is no one definition. Mm -hmm. Let us introduce you to a smorgasbord of wellness modalities and you pick what works for you. How do you create that personal touch though? Like you have over a community of over like 70,000, right? Yes. And, but there's still this aspect of personal touch with mm -hmm. each member feels seen, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you, how have you been able to create that? Well, I think, um, number one, I'm, although I'm like an introvert, <laughs> I have a minimal social battery. Um, I still, I still love people and I still love what I do. And I'm probably, you know, am 
a little too involved when I say because we have so many projects and we have so many um, things coming down the pipeline, but I'm still answering emails. I'm still, you know, very much involved in the day to day. Um, but also anybody I brings on my team has to understand we are in the people business and community first. And so all the women on my team are very personable. And so um, we have like our community manager who probably most of our community might know more mm -hmm. about than me, you know what I mean? Because she's there day to day, mm -hmm. you know, and I pop in as I can, but it was just, I think it's just, um, showing my humanness, right? Uh, showing my vulnerability and my wins as much as my, you know, my losses as much as my wins. And like, just again, being kind of like this open door. And like at any given time, you may uh, email like our info email and I'm responding to it, you know, or sometimes the phone rings and I, I'm answering. So I think people love that, right? And I have a really good memory and so if somebody, we had one retreat attendee, she had a, a request like last week and I had to hop in and kind of like, you know, kind of manage it. And, and I was like, I'll circle back. And then um, like three or four days later, I was headed out of town. I was like, I haven't forgotten about you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get on this. And she was like, I'm not worried at all. I know y'all got me. Mm -hmm. And that touched me, mm -hmm. right? Whether it was me or, um, my community manager or retreat leader, like they know we got them regardless. The fact that you even went back and was like, don't worry, yeah. I got you. Like, yes. I'm sure that touched her as well. Yes, yes. How, how big is your team? Now? So it's, well, um, it changes. So like it's two of like, it's like my one and two, right? And they are day to day. Then we have my retreat leaders and that's 28 of them. So they are like at the forefront of like their retreats and I support behind the scenes. I step in when I have to, whether it's, you know, like any kind of customer service issues that we need to manage or negotiating with a hotel, things like that. Um, and then I work with like independent contractors, right? And so of course the, you know, the, the slow climb of entrepreneurship is like, full-time and like expanding mm -hmm. but for now it's like you know my my two my one and two my re my retreat leaders and then like we have our copywriter we have our email marketer we have um our package designer we have our product developers so like these are all independent contractors which is fine mm -hmm. until we get to a point where it's like yeah. we need like you know a 15 person full-time team mm-hmm mm -hmm. And how, how long, like how far out do you plan out your retreats? And what does that like consist of, especially if you're going into a new like country or, you know, I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of logistical planning that has to go into that. Yes, yeah, so my last retreat was a year ago, my, my own retreat. I don't know when I'm gonna host another one myself mm -hmm. because of all of my retreat leaders and that alone is a lot of work. Um, but for them, and let me back up. So how I found my retreat leaders was through my academy. So mm -hmm. in 2021, I launched a retreats academy to coach women how to do what I do. And the entry point was going through this um, eight week live course. And then 
we partner with you on your first retreat and you become a part of like the Om Noir marketplace. And so when you go on our calendar, you see all these retreats. These are all um, women who have gone through my academy, who I personally coach, I, who I still coach. Like I coach them from the moment they sign up for the academy until they leave their first retreat. And then we decide, okay, does this work? Do we mesh well? Is this an alignment? And then we work on their second, third, fourth. So for, for them, like, I mean, it, it really depends on like, in terms of like how long it takes to like actually plan the retreat. Then there's launching the retreat, then there's selling the retreat, then there's the retreat itself. So that anywhere could take, that could take from like nine, 10, 12 months, mm. right? Um, but also too, just, I mean, the planning could take two weeks. Like if yeah. you know a destination, you reach out to hotels, they're responsive, you got your, you know, your proposals, you start working on your, your pricing and your expenses and all that stuff. That could be two weeks. It could take a couple months. So those kind of vary, but we typically try like from the time we announce it to the actual retreat dates. Uh, it used to be like in 2022, it was like six months, mm -hmm. but because the shift in the economy and inflation, now we're at like nine, 10, 12, sometimes 13 and 14 months to get people longer payment plans, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. yeah. And manage life, right? Yeah. Um, when we released like our first series of retreats in 2022, now before that, I was the only one hosting the retreats. Uh, and so in 2022, I think we had like 12 retreats like people were just like booking them like hotcakes. They had been in the house for two years. They've been saving money. Yeah, I'm outside. Yes, mm -hmm. and so, and I was, I'm sorry, that was 2020, yeah, 2022. So then this year I noticed a shift and like, you know, the applications were slowing down. People weren't booking as fast. And so I was like, we need to make adjustments. So I'm like, as a entrepreneur, like my philosophy is find the solution before you get to the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm always like when I start to see something that's like not how it should be, I'm like, OK, what are the, all the solutions? And then we figure out the right path to take. And so this year was like, oh, we got to start planning our retreats out longer. Like it's a different time now for people. And I proved to be right. So like now, like our 2024 retreats are like just selling. Have more time. Have more time. Yeah. So now that you, like, so you've taken a break from planning your own, like mm -hmm. you leading the retreats, what does your day-to-day -day look like now? Um, my day-to-day -day <laughs> looks like trying to catch up on a bunch of unread emails, <laughs> right? Because if I don't address it in a moment and I don't like save it somehow, mm -hmm. I'm going to forget about it. Um, so it is, you know, the first thing I do is I got to tackle these emails. Um, after that is really, it's all of our retreats. So right now we probably have about 12 retreats that are in our marketplace and eight more that are launching in the next two weeks, wow. right? Um, and so a lot of it too is also quality control. Like sometimes like weird stuff happens on the website. It's like, what happened to this link? Why is this not working? What happened here? And so um, a lot of it like also is troubleshooting. Right now we're about to launch our home collection. So I'm in the thick of the product home collection. Yeah. So, we're, yes. so we're like, so I'm in the thick of like 
uh, package design and ordering for holiday and like I'm a little behind, mm -hmm. but the good thing is like everything is in the fulfillment center. The only thing is like our boxes. So like just this morning I sent like the print files and like, okay, tell me what the turnaround time is so I can plan out like the full launch and stuff. Um, so like I'm, I'm really toggling between three major projects mm -hmm. and that is our retreats, our home collection, the academy, and then also have this live event coming up in October. Oh Lord. And so it's, Next month? Yes. Yeah, so it's toggling between these four major projects. Oh wow. And so whatever is across my desk at the, at time, the time, I'm tapping into it. Mm -hmm. I, I know you talked a little bit about, about the Omniwar Retreats Academy, but like yeah. what sparked your like, you know, your interest in even like launching that? Um, well, it was, it was a couple of things. It was, again, having conversations with myself. How, how am I going to scale this company that does not require me to show up every day? And that showing up means hosting a retreat mm -hmm. because that's where most of our revenue was coming from at the time. Then it was paying attention to our community and their feedback. And so I would get DMs or emails like, you know, are you gonna host a retreat for mothers and daughters? Are you gonna host a retreat for entrepreneurs? A retreat for those dealing with grief? And I was like, I'm only one person. I can only host a certain amount of retreats a year and my max is three. And that even as the years have gone on has been like two and then one, right? Um, and so then it was like, well, how am I going to offer like a variety of retreats? like that have different themes um that's that really yeah and like also i know that I, I i host very specific style retreats like my retreats are going to be more adventurous i'm also gonna like pro probably you know have some kind of activity that inspires you <laughs> i don't want to say forces you but inspires you to face a fear mm. right um because what i've learned like a lot of black women, we live with a lot of fear and a lot of trauma, right? Um, and so that my retreats are just not for everyone. They're more active. Like I'm a, you know, certified scuba diver. I hike volcanoes. Oh I like, I'm very active, you know? <laughs> and so that's it. not for everyone. Yeah. You know, some people want like a spa, mm -hmm. luxurious, relaxing retreat. I need somebody that, you know, can lead those type of retreats. Some, some you know, other people need like, really deep trauma healing. I'm not certified in that. Yeah. I need someone that can, can, can lead those type of retreats. And so um, that's where like it started to take shape. And that was like probably, I wanna say like early 2020. Mm. And then like a month or so later, I was like, okay, I'm gonna bring on retreat facilitators. I'm gonna launch like an academy and I like, again, was like, I don't know where to start, how to do it. And then lockdown came and I, you know, my retreats that I had, that I was hosting 2020, I had to cancel. And then I, we were just trying to like figure out life at that yeah, time. Yeah. So that idea was, was moved to the side. And then it was the top of 2021 that I was like, travel is going to explode. And the time is now for me to launch this academy. And again, like, where do I start? I was having a meeting. My team was like a little bigger at the time. It was like more like five of us. And I was like, 
I'm gonna launch this academy. I still haven't figured out how, what, but I'm gonna do it. And then one of, one of the young ladies on my team, she was a former teacher. Two weeks later, she sent me an email. She was like, here's your syllabus, here's your course. Oh, wow. And going back, let your helpers find you. Mm -hmm. You have to speak it out loud. You yes. have to, right? Um, and that's where I was like, okay, well, I have to do it. Like, yeah. she just gave me the blueprint. Uh, and so I started, you know, moving things around and like figuring out what is, what are the modules, how we're going to do this. And then I started bringing in more helpers, uh, my, my um, spiritual advisor, my, um, my copywriter, um, my mentor. And like, as a team, the, it was five of us at the time, they were the catalyst and like the gas that really pushed me into launching. And I'll tell you, like, I was like, maybe like I'll have like 25 people sign up, 60 signed up. And it got to a point Coming where I was Coming out like, the gate? The first cohort was 38. So that's amazing. And then I was like, okay, I guess close it down. Like, I don't even know, like, <laughs> I'm gonna manage 38. And then I was like, but there, after I closed the registration, more um, women like were emailing like is there going to be another cohort i just i just oh, wow. found out about this so then i opened it up again and it was 22. so so you're talking about like in a six week period i had 60 sign up that's amazing yeah that's amazing yeah i mean i wouldn't do it like that again <laughs> but one thing i always tell people like you don't know what you need to perfect in a business yeah or product that you launch until you launch it so you don't know what you don't know what you don't know, but when you are in the thick of it, you start to learn what you need to know. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't do it again, but it was incredible, I think, and in, in, in really affirming that I was on the right path yep. to have such a big response. And it wasn't like a struggle to sell this academy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I've shifted it since, but I know what I know what I know now, right? Um, and so it's a lot different now. Mm -hmm. So how many like retreat facilitators do you have? We have, okay, so like at our highest level, like the course level where you're in the marketplace, you are an Omnoir retreat leader, um, but they still are independent. Like right. I encourage them, like build your wellness business. Like, you know, if you were a coach, like this is like- You help them with that too? Um, to like, some degree, uh -huh. like um, I think it's, more organic where because I have you know one-on-one -on -one calls with them and I give them ideas and I, you know of course when they signed up I'm like get your LLC like what is the name of your company I don't care if it's like first name last name wellness yeah. like mm -hmm. you know know what know where you want to go two years from now mm -hmm. and build your company like that today and so it's just been and some of them like they have like these really amazing like niches and also really dope retreat names. I'm like, that could be your business. Mm -hmm. Like start thinking about products, water bottles, t-shirts, you know, things like that, you know, because I tell them like, you know, scaling a retreat business is not just your retreats. It's like how you branch out mm -hmm. into different legs of your business. Like if retreat, retreat should just be one part of it. Now you can write an ebook, uh, you know, about like, I don't know, like how to like transform your life or whatever. 
Um, you could have products, you could have um, your coaching business, you know, there's different mm -hmm. legs right. that you can branch mm -hmm. out. So you have to think about that right now. You know, don't be like glow up retreats if you know that you want to do products, you want to do free guides or, 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 or paid guides, right? Or um, you want to write a journal or whatever the case may be, like you got to think about what the longevity yep. of this business can be and how many revenue streams you that you have. I mean, we have multiple now, yeah. you know what I mean? And we're still going to add more. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier you're branching out into home. Yes. Yes. Um, so what is that going to look like for you? So um, our tagline, and this will, this will give you everything you need, you don't have to go away to get away. Ooh. You can instead create a retreat within yourself and in your own beautiful spaces. So it is bringing our retreats to their homes. And what like that, that, that feeling of community and sisterhood and, and healing and wellness and Zen, because it's Zen at home by Om Noir. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so it's candles and um, we'll have, um, well, we started with candles. So I launched in, I first launched in 2021. And again, like, oh, like people just buy like a few candles. I probably had like 140 candles in my inventory and it was at my house. Cause I have like a room that is dedicated to like workout and like products, right? And so I had all these candles and I was like, oh, like they'll just like, you know, sell or whatever. We sell like 70 candles in 24 hours and I had to pack these up because it was coming 70? up. <laughs> And I had to pack them up myself, but like friends came to help because yeah. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, it was like, Shopify was like, ding, 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 ding. But ding. you should have known that <laughs> with the community that you've been able to build though. But these are like $55 candles. So, so what? Okay. <laughs> and so, um, and so then we, you know, sold those candles. I got another batch in. Holiday came around, we sold those. And then I was like, I need a better system here. I cannot run my business. And then I have to pause, I get an order and I gotta go pack. And it's like a whole process to yeah. pack and ship out. And so now that we're relaunching, we're in a fulfillment center, okay. you know, products are coming from overseas. Um, and I have like a team that is like focused on that. I will say though, when I first launched, I was really, really proud because our candle maker was a black woman mm. and she created all of our scents and she was pouring those in her kitchen. So like wow. our little like, um, kind of like, um, like our dust cover for our candles, it said like hand poured by a black woman. And I love that because it was all black owned, mm. right? Um, black owned and produced. And because now of the volume, we had to start, you know, going overseas, you know. And so um, now that we're launching, so now, you know, we have our candles, our signature candles. We have um, our candle care kit, which is really beautiful. Um, we'll also, we'll have travel size candles, of course. Like that's something we can mm -hmm. gift for our retreats, sell for our retreats. You come home from a retreat. Make sure, like, bringing your, like, retreat experience yep. home. Mm -hmm. Here's a link to our, our yep. candle collection. Um, 
And then we'll also eventually get into like textiles, uh, loungewear, you know. Um, so there's like a big picture there. I, and, I, and I think this is also another lane that we can own just because we can tie them back to our retreats, right? And some of our candles are named after our retreats. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Is the goal to get it into retail? Ultimately? I think so. I think so. I don't know if I would do a hard push for it for a long time. It would almost have to be like somebody would come to us mm-hmm. and say, hey, it's Bloomingdale's or hey, it's, yeah. you know, like, have you thought about like maybe they were gifted mm-hmm. a candle or something like that. Um, I'm sure I don't know, you know, Nicole probably talked about like e-commerce and like, I don't know if she did in her interview with you, but like going into retail is a whole different animal mm-hmm, it is. Um, and it yep. requires a lot more um, investment up front. Right. Because if you're going into a Target and it's like they need 30,000 units, they need 50,000 units, the 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 brand has to pay for that up front mm-hmm. and then you're paying in increments. Yep. Right. Then also well, Target is not selling $55 candles, right? You know, it would almost have to be like yeah, a special yeah. line for Target. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or we would have to go into a higher, um, a higher end retailer. Higher end retailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a whole, that's like. Long term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your ultimate goal for Omnivore though? Um, my ultimate goal is for us to be a one-stop wellness shop, mm-hmm. right? And so that is our retreats. That is our home collection. That is our, do you want to venture into entrepreneurship? And now you want to host your retreats. Um, you know, we have some other things that I don't want to talk about yet, but that we're starting to roll out. But it's like, it's the feeling of, it takes a village. And when you come into Homme Noir, that feels like the village. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you get everything, you get your travel, you get your sisterhood, you get your community, you get your home products, right? Um, and then like, again, other products that we're starting to roll out probably next year is like, you don't even have to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can come right in, mm-hmm. in our house, right? And you can get pretty much everything that you need on your wellness journey. Mm-hmm. One thing about your journey that I love is that you know when like, something no longer serves you and you're ready to go on to something like you're being pulled in another direction right Mm -hmm. so what is like some advice you would give another entrepreneur who may be in a similar situation situation they've built a successful business Mm -hmm. or they may have even been in the c-suite and have built a successful career but they feel like it no longer serves them and they are being pulled into another direction like what what one bit of advice would you give them to like, if they're at the crossroads of like, do I stay with Um, something that feels familiar or do I take that leap into something that's like uncharted waters? Well, I think, um, because you've done that a few times. I've done a lot. I've, I've done a lot of work to let things go with ease and to listen to my body mm. and listen to my gut instinct. And so I've had three businesses and none of them tie into each other. And it was not like, I'm gonna run three businesses at once. I'm gonna keep one and, and launch two others. It was the, the art of moving on. 
And um, I like to say I'm not, like I don't have founder ADD, I, I'm founder fluid. Mm. And so that means like, I'm really definitive with my ends. And I think a lot of times like when we hold on to something, um, there's ego involved. There's a sense of um, failure or like you're leaving something undone, like you didn't see it all the way through. And not everything we're supposed to see all the way through. Mm. Some of them do have a hard stop because they were for a period in our lives. And that's, mm. and that's relationships, that's friendships, and that's careers, you know? And so I just kind of learned to like, listen to my body and ask myself, is this a full body hell yes, mm. or a full body hell no? And I know what that feels like, because the yes feels like, freedom, right? It feels like release. It feels like openness. It feels like receiving. And that no feels very like constrictive and like, you know, like limiting. And so I listen to what that feels like. Is like, am I, I'm ready to start a new business. It, does it feel like a full body yes? Hell yes, I'm excited about it. I see all these possibilities or does it feel like, yeah. I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. That's how I, mm. that's my internal compass. I love that. Yeah, and I think we just have to, like I said, we, we remove the ego, right? And make a list of everything you've accomplished, right? And find pride in that, right? Um, and then think about like the big picture of your life and like, do you feel like this is a space you wanna be in in five years? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be on the red carpet with clients in my 60s. I, I just didn't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, you know, yeah. be like, well, VMAs is here. Like, here's yeah. another, you know, mm -hmm. four days of 24 hours of, of running after clients or managing their needs. I just, yeah. I didn't feel like that. I wanted a life that felt easier, right? Um, um, and just felt like alignment with the work I was doing internally and, PR just wasn't in alignment at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to and, come and to if, a retreat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if, you know, there comes a time where it's like, I'm ready to move on from Om Noir. Like, there's something else calling me. Mm -hmm. I can say, I did my part. I planted a seed. And maybe somebody else will carry, you know, that baton. I can pass it. They can carry it on. But, like, I will feel a sense of completion when it's time for me to, to say goodbye to it. So I'm gonna ask you some quick fire questions. Okay. <laughs> so just give me the first thought that comes to mind. Okay. What's your go-to wellness app? Oh my gosh. My go-to wellness app, um, Chopra app. That's my go-to one. Oh, are you gonna create an app? Wait, I, thought, I know about Diva. <laughs> it might be. But I'm just thinking. I'm it like, wait, that would be dope. It might be coming. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. One mantra for success. Can it be a quote? Yes. If someone presents you with a, an amazing opportunity, say yes, and then learn how to do it. That's my Ooh. entrepreneur like philosophy. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. So that's very much jumping out the window yes. and building the parachute on the way down. So that is my mantra for success yes. for entrepreneurs. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first word that comes to mind when you think of Om Noir. Liberation. Mm. Mm -hmm. Favorite yoga pose. 
Oh, that one's a hard one because so many are my favorite. Probably pigeon, hip openers. Okay, I was mm -hmm. gonna say, so that is. <laughs> I just know child's pose, yeah. that's my favorite. <laughs> um, and downward facing dog. Yes. I've tried And sun salutations. Which one is that? Those, it's a, it's a fluid movement. Uh -huh. So it is, um, is it's it, pretty much, you know, up oh, yeah, and, and then you come you're back. Up. Yes, okay. uh -huh, it's a fluid moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Christina, thank you so much for joining me oh, today. Oh, thank I you. I so appreciate you sharing your journey with me. Um, where can everyone find and follow you and follow the Omnivore brand? Yes, okay. So my personal page is Christina M. Rice on Instagram. That's where I am mostly. I mean, I have all the other platforms, but baby, like if they, if they give us one more, I know. <laughs> I'd be like, I literally have to write it in my to-do list. I'd be like social media. Okay. Twitter, like, well, we don't do Twitter, right. Twitter anymore. Threads, um, so, LinkedIn, IG. I can't do spell. It's too, it's too busy. It doesn't have, I hopefully they'll modify their UX, but I can't do spells, but um, I'm mainly on IG, Christina M. Rice. Um, Om Noir is just Om Noir, O-M-N-O-I-R-E, and then omnoir.com. Perfect. And sign up for our email list because that's where all the... You get all the info. All the info, all the like special discounts and mm -hmm. announcements and things that we don't always share even publicly. All, everything you need to yeah, know. Everything you need to know. Out of all the places like you've traveled on your wellness journey, like what's been the most transformative for you personally? Um, I would probably say Bali. Yeah. It's such a, a, a healing place, a spiritual place. Uh, and I've had two retreats there and it's, it's just, it's just one of those places like you cannot help, but sit real deep in your spiritual healing um, because the, the place, like the, the people, the air, the energy really like forces you too. you know what I mean? And so um, for me, Bali has been that place for me. It's on my bucket list. Yeah, you should come. We have two next year in Bali. Three, okay, don't, actually. Don't invite yeah. me. <laughs> it's got, got a payment plan. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we, got, girl, we got a farm. We got all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Thank I you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. you. It has been a pleasure, and I hope to see you again soon yes. at one of our retreats. Yes. Thank you.